This is Shannon Autumn from the Dreamzine and gradio.ca here at Shambhala. It's a beautiful Saturday, the sun is shining, and we are so excited for a fun-filled night to come. Uh, hanging out right now with Evan Chandler, otherwise known as Slink, and I'm uh, so excited to have him here. He played a pretty incredible set last night at Fractal Forest, and we've got... Uh, a special treat with having him here to chat about his experience. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so how many years is this for you playing at Shambhala? Uh, this is my ninth year performing at Shambhala mm-hmm. and my tenth year attending Shambhala. Wow. So is this what you imagined or how did you end up coming to Shambhala for the first time playing? How did I end up coming here? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was a stroke of luck, I think, like 10 years ago. I think what happened was um, I released, I just released my first record with Good Groove Records. And one of the guys that works for Good Groove Records, hey Matt, (laughs) it's Matt the alien walking past. Yeah, he just goes really good and (laughs) keeps walking. (laughs) He's so sweet. Um, I think one of the guys that works for Good Groove Records uh, was in contact with some of the people that organized Shambhala and I think Shambhala approached him to try and figure out how to contact me to then book me for Shambhala and it was sort of a last minute booking and I, I want to say this is 10 years ago but I want to say someone had pulled out kind of not last minute but like within a month of the festival happening so it was like it was pretty stressful I'd never been overseas before also I'd never played a festival before (laughs) so I flew from Australia to Canada to play my first festival ever and that's kind of how it happened that's pretty crazy so how did you end up moving to Canada Canada officially was it right after that Shambhala no, it wasn't. So um, that was back in 2009 when I first played it. And then 2010, I didn't get booked, but they kind of told me that they don't like to book the same DJ over and over. So, um, but they were happy to book me like sort of once every second year. That was kind of like the rough rule. So in 2011, I got booked again and I flew out, played the show and it was great. Went home. And then 2012, I was just thinking, man, I'm going to make the trip anyways to Shambhala whether I get booked or not. (laughs) And so I'd already planned the flights and I thought maybe I can do some club shows or something to sort of like help, um, you know, subsidize the cost of flying out here, which it's quite expensive to fly out here um, from Australia. And so I flew out here, did a couple of club shows, come to the festival, and then I went in for the Fractal Forest Friday opening ceremony when everyone just runs in. It's not really a ceremony, it's more of a flash mob. <laughs> and I saw the stage manager and he's like, oh, we've had a cancellation. Do, do you want to play? Do you want to play a set? Um, and I was like, yeah, duh. And he's like, we'll pay you and everything. It's going to be sweet. I'm like, oh my God, sweet. And I'd already had a set ready because I was already playing some club shows. So ended up playing in 2012. 
Then, 2013, I got the regular every two year booking, come back again. And it was, I think it was about, it was, uh, no, it was 2013 actually that I decided, you know what, flying back and forth from Australia and Canada is ridiculous. And I'd met this really nice guy named Thomas who, um, who was helping me out with booking some club shows. And I said to him, dude, if I moved to Canada, would you be able to book me shows all the time on the regular? And um, he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I just moved here. And then your time with Daniel began? Yeah, it began... It began, I, th- I want to say, around 2012 when when um, Danny and management booked me like a full winter tour. I come over here when it wasn't Shambhala time in the winter and played every ski town and all across Canada, all the major cities. And I was away from home for like two months and I played a ton of shows and spent a lot of time with Thomas from Danio. We got to know each other and yeah. Were you feeling homesick at all um, being in Canada for the first few months? No. No, you were happy to just be here? Yeah. Nice. It was sweet, dude. Everyone, yeah, like, the, the, you gotta understand, like, the, the DJing that I was doing back in Australia is not like it was, like, not like what I was doing here in Canada. In Australia, I was, um, playing at, like, cocktail bars just like kind of background music while people like made cocktails and stuff and it was cool because I could play like funk and whatever but um, and I was getting paid for it but it wasn't like I was like on stage and being paid attention to really it was just like some something in the background and even like the club shows that I would play it was just like I was just the local DJ playing and despite the fact that I had played at Shambhala and had lots of fans and over here and was releasing records and whatnot. The the and and gaining lots of fans here in Canada that wasn't exactly translating in Australia. Mm. In Australia, it was just like play some Michael Jackson, <laughs> play something good, you know the requests, <laughs> play something make us dance. So you know when I was on that tour. Yeah, I wasn't homesick. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do this forever, man. It was great. So how did you get into production then? Was that straight off the, the bat that you were into production or were you simply just DJing at the time? The production thing come first. Mm-hmm. And uh, that goes way, way back to when I was like 15 years old. And I had uh, a video game called Music on the PlayStation 1 and this is actually a very stereotypical story nowadays I've, I've realized because a lot of people I've met they're like yeah that's how I got into production too playing that fucking PlayStation game it's just like a really basic um, Lego kind of you can yeah like Lego building almost but with music on a PlayStation and I just got uh, I got a real bug for it man got a real taste for it really enjoyed it and you're still playing video games to the, this day and it must be inspiring your music continuously, right? Yeah, video games. Uh, playing have, Tetris? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like playing Tetris. <laughs> and other games, not just Tetris. But that's my favorite game at the moment. Don't you have a pretty high score in Tetris right now? 
Oh, look. I'm pretty good at Tetris. Let's, <laughs> let's just say that. You've you played a game or two. <laughs> I'm no stranger to the T-spin. Um, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that what I was doing was called production. Um, I thought I was just making tunes or messing around with music. I didn't know that what I, what I was becoming was called a producer mm -hmm. until I went to like this really dodgy um, DJ. Uh, it was like it, it was a workshop or something, but it was really just like a sales pitch mm -hmm. where they wanted to like sell me DJ gear. But I was um, I put my hand up and I was like asking questions like, do you guys sell anything that can like you know, you can use with like Fruity Loops or whatever, having no clue what I was talking about. And and the guy up the front that worked for the store, he's like, oh, you're more into production. Oh, so you want to be like a producer. And something just clicked in my mind. I was like, oh, shit, I'm a producer. I had no idea. Hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, and then I got into um, DJing after that. So how much has your, your production changed over the years then? It's changed over the years because I've gotten way better at it. Well, I, I would hope so, being that you're doing all these tutorials for, for Ableton and for... Is it just Ableton you're doing it for, or are you doing tutorials? Yeah, I, do Ableton, I, I do Ableton tutorials, but even if you don't use Ableton, you can kind of like translate some of the techniques and tips and tricks that I'm explaining to other doors, digital audio workstations. And those are on YouTube, and we can probably find them on your website, slink.net, right? And Facebook? Um, just go to my YouTube channel. Okay. My website uh, doesn't have, like, my tutorials on it right now, but my YouTube channel has all the tutorials. Just type in, just type in Ableton into YouTube and like my videos up there <laughs> yeah yeah you're really high ranked on YouTube right now I um I'm curious as to I, I guess certain elements in branding that you're using because you've managed to coin the term funky fresh and I, I'm curious like how did you how did you first of all decide on that and second how did you come up with your your branding because it, it really seems to suit you quite well look it's not it's not anything premeditated this is this hat that I wear all the time look I was hanging out at a festival it was motion notion like a bunch of years ago and um, this chick was like hey you should try on this hat she had like a suitcase full of hats and we're like trying on different hats and then I saw this one that had it said funky fresh underneath I thought that ah, that's brilliant mm -hmm. and uh, I really liked it she's like oh you can wear it wear it tonight and um, I wore it that night and it just made me feel cool I thought it was a cool hat I just really liked the hat mm -hmm. and that's really all there is to say about it I just like this hat it's a it's a it's a Stussy hat oh <laughs> And, um, it's so cool too yeah and she was like alright give me the hat back now and I was like where did you buy that because I want one and I bought myself one and um, it's just been glued to my head because I just like the hat what about these then 
the uh, wooden funky fresh pendants yeah well I don't know I, I wanted to like share my style I guess with mm -hmm. other people so I wanted to like make something that people could um, wear themselves mm -hmm. and I don't know whenever I'm <clears throat> whenever I'm thinking about merch it's it's from a selfish place <laughs> because I want to make something that I will use and that I will wear and um, and then if other people buy it and, and wear it and stuff as well then cool but you know I'm wearing my fanny pack right now I don't have my pendant on right now but you know the hats like it's just it's just stuff that I like so as far as like branding and all that goes um, it's really just coming from a place of this is me and my personality and this is the style that I like and that's really all there is to say There's, I'm not really thinking too hard about it I really appreciate your your authenticity in in what you're doing because oh I, like there are a few things now where you're like I, I just stumbled into this like I, I, I just stumbled into to like, the music side of things to an extent and into production and stuff so it, it's really cool how these are just naturally things that that you were interested in and then yeah it, it just happened to form into something bigger that they're natural things that are happening because I just they're just things that I like to do so I just really like music and I really liked understanding how music was made and I wanted to know everything there was to know about how music was made and so I started making it myself to try and figure it out mm -hmm. I would listen to other people's songs and try and emulate that song and stuff and it's coming from a place of just being interested in it and and then DJing is the same you know how do all these knobs work what what is a how do you beat match what's a record and all that how do you use records mm -hmm. and and I mean the DJing part I really like that I just really like watching everyone have fun and and it being a result of me playing the right songs at the right time yeah I just really like it and whether I was getting paid for it or not or had a different job and did DJing and music production on the side wouldn't change whether I liked it or not you know and it's funny that you say that like things that I'm saying are authentic I've heard that a few times from a few different people and it kind of makes me wonder what other people are saying in their interviews are they just like <laughs> Yeah, I've been, I was born to do this or some shit. I don't know what they're saying. It's, there are some people that are, are just really like they they set a goal for themselves sometimes, and they're like, "All right, I I want to be playing in Fractal like this year or, yeah. or whatever it may be." Like, I, but I that's interesting to me. I, like, I think it's important to have goals and to push yourself, but I think it's also important to to do the things that you enjoy yeah and 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 not do the things that you think will make you successful yeah. because the things that you enjoy you're gonna do them better because if you enjoy it you're, you're gonna do it a lot better and I just think like you'll just get successful anyways you know oh, I think the the community and, and whoever you're you're playing to or, or whatever it is that you're doing they can feel that that love that you're putting into it and and like the fact that you've got to be your own biggest fan you've got to 
you've got to be the one that wants to wear this merch you've got to be the the person that wants to dance this music in order to create it right so yeah it makes a lot of sense but maybe maybe certain people sometimes try to like fit in the mold of what they think other people want when really all people want is just you being you yeah you just have to be yourself i know that sounds so fucking cliche (laughs) and dumb and everyone says that but honestly i i bought these glasses on ebay because i thought they looked cool (laughs) not because i thought they would become some kind of image for me and i I bought this hat because i liked it Mm -hmm. and that's the that's as far as that goes Mm -hmm. and i just i wear it because i like wearing it and i play the music that i play because i like those songs not because i think that they're gonna be mad on the dance floor or nothing (laughs) obviously that isn't a little bit in the back of my head but if i don't think the song is cool i'm not playing it Mm -hmm. i have to personally love that song and so i love all the music that i write and i love all the music that i i play it really shows and i i love it too (laughs) i i'm curious like how do you go about prepping for a set like uh like the one you did yesterday at fractal oh my god has it taken a few months to yeah. prep? Well, usually what, what happens, I've kind of fallen into a bit of a rhythm now that this is like my ninth year playing here, but usually what happens is after Shambhala, I'll go home and hit the reset button and just start again. And <laughs> I guess what I mean by that is like, I'll, I'll start looking for all new songs. So do you, does that mean you never put the same songs into your, your sets? at all no not the sham sets no oh, wow. i want every every shambhala set to be completely unique and not have any of any overlapping songs but yeah i'll i'll go through find some new songs and then i'll test them out like as uh the fall begins and then into winter i'll be doing some shows and i'll play some songs out and you know it might be songs that i really love but do they really kill it on the dance floor mm-hmm. not always or is that mix really working? Does the energy flow nicely from like this song to that song and, and stuff? And I'm thinking about this all through the year. And then when it gets closer to Shambhala, I look back at all the sets that I played over the past like year or so at different points in the year and pick out my favorite bits and sort of mash them all together. And then often I'll have a couple of new songs that I want to throw in the mix as well. But yeah, it takes me a good like month to prepare everything for Shambhala if you don't include the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many songs would you usually put into a set? Um, I think this year's set was a little sh- less songs. I think it was about 30 or 35 songs in, oh, a, wow. in one hour. But usually I'll have 50 to 60 songs in like an hour and a half. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking about, because I have an hour and a half set, but they only gave me an hour slot. So I have this like extra half an hour of music that I didn't play in the Fractal Forest this year that I might just put on SoundCloud as part of the mix anyways. That would be awesome. Like, here's what I would have played if I had an extra <laughs> half an hour set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> why Why didn't you get the that extra bit? Oh, it's just because like, um, I mean, everyone, there's a lot of DJs to, to perform, so... Uh, everyone played a one-hour set last night, uh, okay. Friday night at the Fractal, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It, last night was crazy. Tonight's going to be crazy. Tonight's going to be crazy. I haven't even really looked at the lineup 
but I know that I want to see like Jazzy Jeff and A Skills and Z Trip and Scratch Bastard. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> I wonder if he's got any barbecue sauce. His hot <laughs> he's sauce. He's been doing all these barbecues. I, I would <clears throat> hope so. I know he gave me some hot sauce last time, um, last time at the Funk Jam actually, last year, and I still, I still got a little bit left in the bottle, but I'm running out, dude. <laughs> got hot sauce you got mayo <laughs> what else do you have <laughs> just full of condiments condiment man is it too late to change my dj name <laughs> no nope. no it starts now <laughs> all right dj condiment <laughs> uh, tell us about your new tracks you've been working on a oh, few yeah right? so i got a couple of songs in the works um i wrote a track collaboration with mr stabilina and a lot of you guys listening to this probably haven't heard of Mr. Stabilina because he hasn't played Shambhala yet. But he will be. He will be. Next I year. guarantee you, next year, he'll be tearing up the fuck for Forest Man. He'll be tearing it up. But he's, he's a, quite, a young, quite a young talent from the UK. And he, uh, he plays, he's really good at the bass and guitar. He plays great bass and guitar. And um, he's also a really good producer. And so, How did you meet? Um, I think we met... Well, I was already a fan of his music because I've been following him for a while. But we met in person at Shindig in the UK. Nice. Were you there this year? No, unfortunately, I've only been to Shindig once. I really want to go back. I love that festival. It's amazing. I want to go so bad. Yeah, same. Um, and then also, I'm just finishing up a track with Def3. It's a drum and bass track. Um, he's kind of doing the lyrics, and we were getting really, we were getting really close to finishing it, but then um, his wife just gave birth to their daughter. Oh wow! So I'm not exactly like, bro. It's time to ca- <laughs> come over to the studio. We're gonna finish this track. Yeah, you know? a minute after she's yeah. born. All right, let's get into it. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm just coming from the hospital. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so sad. So that we put that on hold for a minute, but yeah, we'll finish it up and we'll put it out for you guys. Awesome. That's going to be so good. What are, yeah. your, uh, what are your festival highlights from this year? Highlights from this year? Um, honestly, every, every year at Shambhala, my highlights usually include just hanging out at the campsite and talking with all my friends and stuff. Because every year, it's great. You see these people all throughout the year, but not all at once. And it's great to have everyone together to just like shoot the shit and talk about some funny things that happened in the past and just, you know, just share stories. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And it, it's cool to, to have Shambhala uh, year after year to see each other and reconnect. And it, it's really amazing how much like a home it is and and even to see the daniel crew together like such a a family uh joining in together and and celebrating it's pretty spectacular to use this shambhala as a a mile marker yeah it's like we're just having our family reunion here yeah i feel like everyone's having a family reunion here absolutely it's great fractal forest and you just pick up the friendships where you left off you might not have seen that person for a year but you're just like hey what's going on and then you just kind of like continue 
where you left off, you know? Yeah, that's right. And it, it's perfectly fluid. You, there's no none of that awkwardness of, oh, we haven't seen each other in a year. It's more like, let's let's pick up where we left off. Yeah, it's a real, it's a, it feels like a tradition. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that being said, I'm pretty excited to get to Fractal Forest. Uh, thank you so much, Evan, for, for hanging out and for doing this interview with us and sure. catching up this year. For sure. So excited for more to come for all of our amazing listeners out there. Hope you have a beautiful summer. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Love each other. And go check out Slink's music and his tutorials because they're pretty darn amazing. Much love. Thanks. Peace.